Please stand as you're able for the reading of this morning's New Testament lesson from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten, Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five of them were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with them. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil as our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went out to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmen came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. I invite you to be seated. Thank you, Brother Lonnie, for reading our powerful word today. Thank you to our youth choir, to Sister Patsy, Brother Greg, Brother James, to our audio team up there. Thank you all, especially those of you that are here, sitting here in person and that are viewing with us. Thank you all so much. I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. I feel it. Welcome to week six of our sermon series, Reorientation where we are exploring the preaching of Jesus through Jesus's parables. Parables explain what the kingdom of heaven is really like as opposed to our expectations of it. Parables also challenge us to reorient or to refocus our understanding of the message. For example, over the previous weeks, week one, we explored the parable of the sower. We learn that we shouldn't focus on the type of soil, rather we focus on what the sower is doing. And in week two, we explored the parable of the weeds and the wheats. And in that we learn not to focus on the good and the bad because the sower wants the good and the bad to grow together hoping that the bad seeds would transform into good seed. In week three, we explored the parable of the mustard seed, and we learned not to focus on the size of the seed, but instead to place that little seed along with your faith. If we place it in Jesus's hands, we see that it will be enough. Actually, it's more than enough. We explored in week four the parable of the two sons, and we learned not to focus so much on the son's responses to their father as neither of the son's actions matched their words. Rather, we need to focus on the invitation that God is offering us to repent, obey, to serve, and to do and believe. Week five, we explored the parable of the wedding banquet, And we learned not to focus on the how or when we received our invitation from God, but on how we respond to the invitation from God. And today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, 
we will explore the parable of the bridesmaids as Jesus invites us to reorient or refocus our understanding of the message. Let us pray. Gracious God, awesome God, Lord, we just love you and I just thank you, God. Just use me, God. Use me. Crucify my flesh, allow your spirit to rise up within me. Those that are here in person and those that are watching and or listening, God. Lord, I just say, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, for we, your servants, are listening. Holy Spirit, take the best seat in the house. Preach and teach this word so that it is pleasing and acceptable to you. And all of those that are listening under the sound of my voice, may they receive a word from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before we enter into the text, let's look at the context. So we know that Jesus has entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and the crowds are shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They are praising their Messiah. The religious leaders are in the crowds and they're watching. And they see this guy come in, just an ordinary guy, riding on a donkey. How does he come into our city and everyone's praising him? And they become angry. And when Jesus enters the temple, scripture tells us that they were doing things that upset Jesus, things that were going on in his father's house. And Jesus said, he just cleaned it up. They said he turned over tables. He cleaned up the temple. He healed. He was preaching and he was teaching. And when Jesus was approached by these religious leaders, Jesus faces a series of questions. But you know what I love? Jesus never answers the question directly. Instead, Jesus would ask a question with a question. So the leaders, oh, they would get mad and they tried to entrap Jesus with crafty questions like, who gave you the authority? to be up in our house preaching and teaching and healing and praying like you are. Or, hmm, so Jesus, who would you say deserves the taxes? Is it you or is it Caesar? Oh, Jesus, what is this talk about a resurrection? Will it even happen? Is it real? Or Jesus, what is the greatest commandment of all? Or, hmm, so Jesus, are you saying that you're David's son? But each time Jesus would respond and ask a question and it would shut the religious leaders down. Jesus would respond to them with a parable, the kingdom of heaven is like. And every time the religious leaders would miss the meaning of the message and they would become angrier. And finally Jesus said, I've had enough and he called them out, he denounced them, and said, look at you, yes, you've earned your seat. Oh, but you write these rules that oppress the people. And then you write rules that you don't even follow. I'm done with this. So Jesus leaves the temple courts. And then we see in chapter 24, a shift in the parable. From chapter 24 through chapter 25, it is known as the eschatological discourse. 
meaning that Jesus is speaking to the disciples about what's to come, about the end times. These warning parables, Jesus speaks a lot about being ready, keeping aware, staying alert, because I will come back again. But what's amazing here is not one parable gives us the total package. It doesn't prepare us to be ready for the second coming of Jesus. No, each parable is a piece of the hold. And then Jesus begins to use language like faithful and unfaithful. And in our lesson today, he uses the words wise and foolish. Each signifies either you're obedient or you're disobedient. Either you're rewarded or you receive consequences. One of the best moments of a wedding is when the music changes, dun, 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 you know, and you know that the bride is coming or someone says the bride is coming and everyone stands up and oh, everyone looks at this beautiful bride and she comes out escorted, walking down the aisle in this beautiful gown and everybody's ooh and ah and all of that stuff. And then there's the groom standing there. Oh, he's so excited as he places his hand, her hand in his, and they stand there and this union and ceremony begins. Oh, that's the highlight of the wedding. Well, in this parable, I call it Jesus style. It's different. See, on the wedding day, the bridegroom doesn't stand there and wait for someone to escort his bride and hand her over. No, baby, uh-uh. The bridegroom goes to the bride's house and gets his bride. And not only does he receive his bride, but then there's a great procession and everyone returns to the groom's house for a great wedding feast that lasts a week. Could you imagine partying for a week? Woo! Yes. Where then we have these 10 bridesmaids, their lamps are full of oil, they're excited, and they are waiting for the groom to arrive. You see, the role of these 10 bridesmaids is to light the way to the wedding banquet. So they have their oils, their lamps, they're lit, they're ready. And then scripture tells us that the groom is delayed and it is night. And the bridesmaids get sleepy and they all fall asleep. Then at midnight, close to midnight, they hear the groom is here. And each of the bridesmaids, they wake up and they notice that their lamps are out of oil. So the five wise bridesmaids, oh, they were prepared. They have extra oil to refill their lamps. But then we have the other five over here that they didn't prepare and bring extra oil to refill their lamps. So you know how we do. You know, you say, hey, hook me up. You know, let me borrow some of your oil so, you know, I can light my lamp too. You know, I wanna be in the procession. Give me a little bit. 
But those wise bridesmaids say, mm-mm, because then we won't have enough for us. Go find you some oil somewhere. So let's look at this. We've got 10 bridesmaids who all appear to be prepared on the outside. Each one of them have the same lamps full of the same oil, and each one of them falls asleep. Yet when the groom arrives, five of them do not have enough oil to light their lamps. The bridesmaid's parable demonstrates the consequences of being ready and staying alert for the second coming of Jesus. The lesson here in this parable is about being prepared. Do you have enough oil? The oil represents our discipleship, our faith, our service, our worship, our praise, our prayer. So let's make this personal. Every Sunday, we all attempt to attend our service, our worship service hour. We show up for the same service. We hear the same message from the same messenger. We hear the same songs. We praise, we pray, we worship, and we engage with one another. Yet outside of the church walls, when we leave this place, our service and our actions don't match because we don't have enough oil. We run out of oil, we burn out, we lose hope, we lose faith, we straddle the fence of faith. You know, faith sometimes when things are good, not so much faith when things don't go our way. What Jesus is asking us to keep oil in your lamp. Jesus wants his disciples to be ready. Jesus wants us to read the word and not just read the word, but study the word and not just study the word, but also apply the word to our lives. This preparedness becomes a lifestyle for us. Jesus warns his disciples, just like the five foolish bridesmaids, that you cannot live off the faith of others. Church, we can't continue to live off of our grandparents' faith. Your salvation is your own faith journey. Remember, Paul teaches us in Philippians 2.12, Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Yes, you have to work out your own salvation. We are justified by Christ, amen, hallelujah. But at the same time, Christ calls us to respond to that grace. We have to work out our salvation by continuing to love, to serve, to worship, to give, to pray. Work it out, it's yours, it's not cheap. Jesus gave his life for it. I wish the second coming of Jesus was simple like that childhood game we used to play hide and seek. Oh, I used to like that game. You know the game where the seeker puts his hand up and then he counts 
And he says, ready or not, here I come. And then the hider, you know, that gives you time to hide real good and safe. So you can hurry up and run back to home base and be safe because no one wants to be it. Could you imagine Jesus saying, in 20 days, I'm coming back. In 15 days, in 10 days, in five days, one more day, ready or not, here I come. (laughs) Oh, church, wouldn't that be wonderful? Then you would have 20 days to get oil in your lamp, 20 days to get yourself together. Well, church, it is not that simple. But what Jesus does throughout scripture is give us heavenly hints. For an example, in Matthew 25, in Matthew 25, 14 and 30, Jesus shows us the necessity of using what God has entrusted to us. And then he goes down to Matthew 25, 31 through 46, all one of the best scriptures ever, so I say. It's where Jesus tells us to take care of one another, especially the least of these, for you have taken care of me. Well, church, even with all the warnings and the signs and all the wonders from Jesus' teaching, Scripture tells us when the five foolish bridemaids return, they miss the procession. Now, I don't know about you, honey, when I get a ticket to a concert or an event, I'm going to show up, I'm going to be early, equipped, and ready to go. If I get an invitation and I accept, that means I can come, so I'm coming. I don't want to miss out. But Scripture tells us when they return, no one's there. The perception is gone and the doors were shut. And what do they do? They run to the wedding banquet and they beat on the door, Lord, Lord, let us in. And scripture says that the groom response is, I do not know you. (laughs) The doors were shut. You know, in an earthly wedding, sometimes you can still slide in the wedding. You know, you might have to go upstairs and participate upstairs looking down on the wedding or you know sometimes an usher may be nice and kind and allow you to slide in and say you got to sit right here don't make any noise because the ceremony has started well unfortunately church this is not an earthly banquet this is a heavenly banquet and scripture says the doors were shut and they were shut permanently. You remember in scripture where it says God can open a door that no man can shut, but God can also shut a door that no one can open. So what Jesus is saying to us is that the doors will shut if you are not prepared and ready, if you don't have oil in your lamp. Church, there will come a time when Jesus will return for his bride, the church, There will become a time when God's judgment will be on the world. There will come a time when second chances will run out. And Jesus says, guys, 
Keep oil in your lamps. Keep worshiping. Keep serving. Keep loving. Keep welcoming. Keep accepting. Keep doing. Keep being. Because even I don't know the day or the hour. So church, in closing, I ask you, do you have enough oil? And for most of us, we probably don't because we poor, 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 poor. So go to the Father and say, fill me up, Lord. I need some oil. Fill me up so I can continue to do what you've called me to do so that I can be ready when the groom comes back for the bride, for the church, that I can be in the procession and attend the heavenly banquet. Because church, one thing I know is that Jesus is coming soon. So make sure you have oil in your lamp. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, let the church say amen.